travelers, I'm Leo Anika. And I'm Josh. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. So I am so excited to be doing this today because, uh, Leo Anika, we have been talking a long time about doing some sort of a project together uh, where we get to sit back and talk about one of our favorite things. Um, I'm just really excited to be here today. Absolutely. We've been uh, friends for a lot of years. Um, I'm not going to count them all just yet. There's a few too many rings on the tree <laughs> and gray and gray hairs in the beard. Um, and that's for both of us, but I definitely agree with you. We've been at it for a while. We've done lots of things together, game mastered together, role played together, and finally, uh, putting all the distractions aside and getting down to actually putting this project together is uh, a labor of love and uh, more, a lot more love than labor. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was doing the math and uh, without, again, without getting into too many of the rings in the tree uh, between the two of us, we've been role-playing for over 50 years between the two of us, which just sounds insane when you think about it. But, you know, I first dropped dice when I was about eight or 10 years old, way before I knew anything. And I'm, sh- I'm sure that you started around the same time. I think I was close to 12, and it was this crazy little camping trip in Massachusetts, Camp Massasoit, with the uh, Boy Scouts of America, a troop I was in for a short period of time right before I moved on to another place. It was cold and wet and rainy, and the fireplace in the cabin we had was wonderful, and the table was just in front of the fireplace, and I got this nice seat right next to the fireplace, and somebody said, hey, let's play D&D. Never heard of it, never had anything to do with it before that moment, but then they sat down, they broke out paper, pencils, dice, and I got to play my very first character in that moment. And it was a character that was handed to me. I didn't make him. There wasn't a lot that I totally recall about that pregen other than he was a rogue. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I absolutely loved role playing. I had a great voice at the time. I don't remember what it is now, but I remember that I put on this great voice for that character that was just amazing. <laughs> uh, so I started there uh, at 12 or, yeah. thir- 12 or 13 or so. But uh, yeah, yep. a, lot of, a lot of years, a lot of, a lot of time and great experiences along the way. My, my first game and my first character was actually Warhammer of all things, which is a system I don't even know if you can get it anymore. I haven't looked it up in forever. Uh, but it was, uh, I remember that the book had uh, this dwarf fighter type who was wearing like black leather pants and no shirt and had a gigantic orange mohawk um, and he was wielding two axes um, and he just looked so just badass on the cover of that book that that was the character that I played. I rolled up a fighter uh, and he was a dwarf and he had a gigantic mohawk and he fought with two axes. Um, and it was this awful campaign that was me and the DM and that was it. Uh, and it was, it was awful, but man, it just instilled um, a love for this art. And um, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier about how uh, our approach to a lot of what we do here is from a place of, uh, loving the aesthetic, you know, we don't necessarily, um, we, you know, we're not huge stat heads. We're not, we're not min maxers. We, we, we approach it from an artistic point of view. We want to play in a game or run a game that is fun and engaging and tells a story, um, that is entertaining to, to, to be in and to listen to and, and to, and to work through. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, we have both, uh, we're both very musically inclined individuals. I sing, you play darn near every instrument I've ever known of. <laughs> um, you compose, you do all these wonderful things. And uh, I, I think of a story in almost musical terms. When I'm role-playing a scene or writing a scene, I have theme music in my head. Uh, you are probably composing theme music in your head when you're doing that. That's my guess. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely am right with you. It's all about this great art form. It's, a, a, it's an expression of that inner self, if you will, not to get too uh, meta or psychological about it, but it is about uh, bringing that art out of us and putting it out there into the world in a way that other people can can interact with and kind of get a look at it. You know, early games for me have been a lot of the same thing. It's like, you know, that the next time I played was actually two years afterwards and it was a very thematic um, uh, character. Now that character, I remember much more vividly. It's a character that I, I have, I played for many, many years. It's a character that is a facet of other campaign worlds that I have run in years past. Stories started in that very first game continue for me in the campaign world that I run today. So we're going back years. Um, So much so that one of the most recent characters I played, I named after one of the players I was with in that game and the DM that I was with in that game. The first name of the of, of the character is the last name of my DM, and the and the middle name of the character is the uh, last name of uh, my fellow player. Actually, the person who got me into D anD D proper for the long haul. So I really uh, uh, like an homage to those guys is that is that last character. He's a major facet of my current campaign world as an NPC yeah. now. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing I know that you and I have done a lot of over the last few years, we did a lot of live action role playing too. So not just not just a strictly tabletop kind of environment, but live action too. And I think live action role playing in particular has a lot has a lot of meat for that narrative bone, right? You've really got to be able to weave a story um, in a system um, like that because the play the players are in there for the story um, and they are they're with you on that journey and that's that's one of the reasons why even even now as I'm running tabletop games you know kind of the the title that I prefer for myself is storyteller you know there are a lot of people that prefer game master or dungeon master or whatever I'm always storyteller and I know that that you and I have talked about doing a, a, a bigger episode about this in the future about sort of uh, how you approach running a game and and sort of what the various ways are but you know I want to I want to be there with the players I you know my I'm just telling a different side Side of the story that all of us are at the table creating absolutely um we we met each other at a live action event and for the audience That's out correct, there yes. you should know that we met because of a interesting and unique background choice i made as a player going into this game uh this live action game and we're going to get into the details of that game because that was profound and a lot more than i want to get into uh in in this first episode so no spoilers but it was really really cool <laughs> Um, it was, and uh, it was unique, and that's how I found one of my closest friends in the whole world was through this game, this this combined experience that we all enjoy role playing. In that particular case, it happened to be live action, which is a great tech, a great tool set for the tabletop dungeon master. And, and not a bad tool set for the tabletop player, by the way. There are some great techniques one can pick up on. And we'll get it. We'll talk about those things as we go on. 
with this podcast because it is something that Josh and I, we really care about. We care about the story. And I agree with you. Storyteller is a much better title than Dungeon Master, Game Master. I'm not in charge of anything. I'm responsible for things as 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 a exactly. Dungeon Master or a Game Master or the preferred title Storyteller. But I am not in charge of anything. I don't make people do things. I don't command that people do things. I have suggestions, ideas, clues, yep. hints. Um, yeah. Best advice. Yeah, it, it, um, but at the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. I'm telling a portion of the story. They're telling another portion of the story. It's improv with statistics. <laughs> and and, and uh, I think that's really the way I look at my responsibilities, my job yeah. when I'm sitting on the uh, business on, on the business end of a, of a, of a screen. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, in the current setup that I'm, so I am running an in-person game, um, COVID be damned. It's a very specific group of people that I pulled together for a lot of trust-based reasons. And but one thing that I wrestled with is that I still use a lot of technology in this game. A lot of um, a lot of my maps are digital. A lot of even the set pieces are are digital. And so I have a I have a fairly large flat screen monitor that I can lay down, um, and we can we can put pieces on it and stuff like that, and uh, move the map as appropriate. But one of the things that I struggled with a lot was that feeling of a barrier between me, me and the players. I mean, because I, I, I was concerned about how to keep the collaborative world building process intact with a, with that kind of barrier. And, you know, I, I want to be able to have the characters tell me, you know, like they walk into a city for the first time and we go around the table. What's the, what's the thing that your character notices when you first walk into the city? What's, what's the weather like right now? And is that typical for the city? You know, they're helping me build this world that we're all running in and we're all living in. You know, I was, I was joking with them the other day after listening to the recording of our first session, um, I had five pages of notes about things that I needed to add into the database for this world so that I didn't forget things that things that they uh, came up with or generated at the table uh, that was like, oh, right. So now anytime people go to city X, depending on what time of day they go, because this is a city that has a lot of shipping and receiving. And so as the day goes on, the streets get just loaded with horse dung because there's a lot of shipping and receiving and all these carts and horse dung, you know. And so not only that, but there's also like an entire sanitation division within the city that every morning goes by with water and brushes and cleans them all because otherwise the streets would be impassable. You know, that was a detail that I did not come up with. And it totally, it came up uh, organically at the table. I was like, well, you know what? That's the way the world works now. Like, welcome to it. Like that's, you know, um, and then, and then it's like, well, how does that influence every other city? You know, it's like, cause like, the city where they're big, rich, and famous, they're not going to put up with that. So now there's an entire set of streets in that city that are only used for shipping and receiving, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So absolutely. And I think dung happens organically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> dung happens organically. <laughs> to add to that, oh. I would say, uh, Samuel, um, in the session that I did just yesterday, my, my, my group had previously been in trouble. They'd previously been on trial. They navigated that fairly well, but the city had adventurers on watch. So they put a number of city guards guarding the, guarding the heroes. Now, if the heroes really wanted to, they could have escaped notice. They could have ditched these guys. These guards were not um, capable of handling 
player characters of higher level, but they were there. They were doing their job. So one of the players decided he was just going to go talk to them. And I didn't anticipate that. I just had told them there were guards outside. Set the scene. There were guards outside. Asked the players that great storyteller question um, that every storyteller needs to ask many times during a game. Here's what you see. Here's what you smell. Here's what you taste. Here's what you hear. What do you do? And my uh, the player in question said, I'm going to go talk to one of the guards. I didn't have a single character trait at all in mind prior to that character walking out of the building and yep. saying, hi, how do you do? I didn't even have a name for this particular guard. He was guard number one of four at this point. And the player did most of the talking initially, but as the player talked and interacted with me, the storyteller, an idea formed. And all of a sudden it became this thing, this character morphed. He had a life. He had a, a, a family. He had a job to do. And by the end of it, he was making these statements that the player characters were involved with and i knew i was onto something when a player character who was not his character wasn't part of the scene but the player watching the scene happen on zoom so he's seeing my expression seeing the his his uh co-players expressions he's when we finished that scene and this guy basically was involved when that was all said and done they had made an ally out of this guard the other player one of the other players said if samuel isn't with us for the rest of our campaign, something's desperately wrong with this campaign. All right. So I think that us rambling back and forth uh, for a little bit there gives some impression on some of the things that we want to talk about. Um, But there's a lot more than that. Uh, I know that one of the things that I want to talk about are uh, some of the cool purchases that I, uh, I'm making uh, to go ahead and augment um, the uh, experience that I've got right now. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, uh, of figs, even uh, in kind of your standard non-fig type battles, uh, but like f- physical representation of the players and the characters uh, on the board um, and the NPCs and the terrain that they're interacting with. Um, you know, I'm also really getting into, uh, in- into fabrication, into building set pieces uh, that they interact with um, to kind of give a, that little bit of, a, of realism. And I think that's definitely a throwback um, from our old LARP days, you know, where um, they, uh, when they step into a building, you've got to do what you can to go ahead and make uh, that space that you've got look more like a building. You know, uh, I've been in uh, uh, LARP events where they were in a person's home or what have you, and it was just a smaller scene, kind of like in between main game sessions or what have you. And uh, I actually did a scene where I played a character who darkness and light, darkness powers, and my roommate, who is not a player in the game, knew about the character. He played in other RPGs with me. And as I was having uh, conversations with other people, he actually went around behind me, shutting off lights in the house to uh, punctuate my statements, <laughs> to create that mood fortuitously. And it wasn't really planned. The seat that I had, uh, people coming to speak to this very evil character was in front of the front window of the apartment and a light from the street shone through and it would only show like a portion of my face when the light. <laughs> so it really got that shadow effect, like from Desperado uh, yeah. when um, Cheech Marin is talking about how he uh, 
like it seemed like the shadows moved about his face. <laughs> um, it was that kind of moment um, that we got out of it. So I'm right with you. Anything you can do to create yeah. atmosphere. And I want to be talking about those things too. Uh, you mentioned the figs, which I use when I'm doing live and in-person games greatly. I have a pretty large collection. Uh, even started getting more and more terrain, more on that later. But uh, I also, um, now that we're in this largely digital environment, looking at maps, looking at technology, looking at tools to uh, make the game easier for uh, storytellers uh, and DMs and GMs out there. We want to, you know, talk about some of the things that have helped us along the way, improved our abilities to produce a, a, a great experience. Uh, so we'll get into some of Absolutely. those. Um, and we're going to talk techniques. Lots of techniques. Yep. Tips, yep. tools, things we've tried, things that played well, things that died on the vine. Things that we abandoned. Yeah, you know, yep. uh, we're yep. going to get into all of that. Homebrews, home yep. um, you know, influences, things that have really, uh, we go to when it's like, hey, I like what this guy's doing. Yep. How, how can I riff off this? Um, yep. What can I use from this source that will work in my game? We're going to get into a lot of that. And, you know, our favorite YouTube channels, things like that, other content creators that are out there kind of doing their own thing in this space. About other media too, you know, books and movies and all these sorts of things. You know, we both, if you can't tell, we can talk for hours on pretty much any topic. Um, and a lot of our shared experiences find their way into our unique campaign world. So even though I'm running a D&D campaign, you know, I love the Shadowrun, Earthdawn worlds. I played in a really interesting campaign where um, Shadowrun was actually the uh, the outcome of the kind of end game that happened in Earthdawn, um, and so those two worlds were intimately connected and are kind of intimately connected in my in my mind. Um, and so, while in a traditional D and D world, the sort of steampunk post apocalyptic scene isn't necessarily it's not necessarily obvious you will find those those sorts of themes be it uh income disparity or refugees or you know those sorts of things you will, will definitely find their way into uh into the worlds that i run and mine as well i and i'm sure at various points in our campaign we're going to talk about the fact that we love deeply involved role-playing events within games and some of that gets into the politics of the games we're playing and I, we're not out here being crossfire. We're not out here being, um, you know, the, the five guys on Sunday. We're not trying to be talking heads. But we do feel that there are themes that fiction brings out or has the ability to bring out. And uh, there's merit in bringing those out in those games. I think that's what gives players and storytellers a connection to the game is these themes. Sometimes it is just, hey, let's go out there and, hit some orcs or hit some whatever. Um, but very much like some of the television shows we've been watching recently and some of the great stuff on various streaming channels, looking at you, Mando. Um, Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. Oh, so um, good. <laughs> but, when you can, but when you can bring in some real-world sensibilities into that fictional environment, it brings so much more. You have so much yep. deeper feeling and connection with the characters involved when you can do that. So we love that kind of thing. So we'll talk about some of those influences on our game and then how to do that. But as importantly, the techniques for doing that, because you don't want your stories to be heavy handed. We're not out here trying to preach. 
We're not out here trying to have a political standpoint within our games, but we are out here putting ideas out into the world that are worth people's time to consider. Yep. And uh, so we, we have some ideas about how to do that and how it'll work well. And so we're going to get into those things. So obviously this is kind of our introduction session. We're not really going to be taking on any topics today. We more just wanted to take some time uh, to introduce who we were and uh, kind of show you how we want to run the podcast and, and how this is going to go back and forth. Uh, but we already have uh, a pretty extensive list of topics that we do want to go ahead and talk about. Um, uh, our uh, our next few episodes, we're going to be dealing with uh, topics such as uh, character background um, and not just uh kind of the background that a player brings, but even the mechanical backgrounds um, as they exist in D&D or as they have existed uh, in other topics. Um, we're also going to do an entire episode on uh, on the, the role of the DM, probably more than one episode, on how uh, the role of the DM shapes uh, the games and sort of what is uh, the the various approaches to uh, to telling to being the storyteller or being the dungeon master brings to the flavor of your particular campaign. Yeah, that is definitely a topic that is going to start as a part one, and it may be a part two, and probably it'll go lo go on long enough, and there'll be enough uh, info on that topic where it'll eventually be its own playlist just on uh, roll of DM. <laughs> Uh, playlist because there's a lot of stuff there um and, yep. and we want to cover it we want to go into the things we want to talk about it get ideas from and with each other get ideas from and with the community um this is not just the two of us talking back and forth we want to interact with you guys uh, in every way we possibly uh can that way the topics that you want to discuss are things that we'll talk about because i guarantee you we have two brains and a lot of years of experience, but there are topics that someone's going to bring up or discuss or ask us about that we may not have thought of at first glance. We may think of as second nature. We may think of as, huh, we hadn't thought about that. Let's do some research. Let's find out what's going on here. Let's see if we can help our audience members kind of come to some conclusions or at least get some ideas, you know, Let's let's figure out how this works. So we want you guys to be a part of that. And uh, there's a lot of different ways we're going to do that. But to start with, Josh, want to let them know how they can interact with the two of us? Absolutely. Right. So for one, you can go ahead and find us at the website, tabletopjourneys.com. That website has got our blog entries. Uh, it's where we're going to distribute the podcast, obviously, too. Um, and the podcast, uh, the, the, the blog entries, uh, go through a variety of different things. Uh, I do a lot of uh, unboxing reports on things that I've, uh, I've acquired uh, and that I'm going through. Um, I do uh, kind of uh, reports on various fabrications um, that I'm doing um, and a, a lot of other stuff. So go check out the website, read the blog and subscribe there. You can also go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle, TT Journeys. Uh, we're using that right now um, a lot just to kind of publish uh, little micro updates on things that are going on. Um, and so that's a great place to go ahead and interact with us. Um, the third way and probably the easiest way to get in touch with us is via our, our email address. You can reach us at ttjourneys at gmail.com. Absolutely. And by all means, Send us your likes, your dislikes, your topic ideas, questions you have about us or role-playing experiences. 
Uh, we're going to do everything in our power to respond to the folks who, who come to us with questions and comments and queries. Uh, and uh, as importantly, we're going to have topics out there. And there's going to be more to come. But this is where we're going to get started. We're going to jump into it with that, with these things here. Uh, and I do, I think it's going to be a grand time. We're, we're loving this conversation today. Um, this is many years in the making, uh, but it's all coming together now. So it's great to have everybody with us. That's great. Thank you for listening. This has been Tabletop Journeys. In the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water. Until we meet again along our journey.